Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi, everyone, and happy April. Welcome back. Um, I want to start today by sharing a celebration with you. My celebration is that, well, if you tuned in last week, you know that I'm just getting back from a trip to Charlotte, North Carolina to see my parents. And my goal before leaving was to have all of the things scheduled out, like my guest confirmation emails and my social media, my podcast episodes, and a few other bits and bobs. My my mental goal was to have everything scheduled out through today, Wednesday, April 6th, so I could sit back relax and enjoy and not come home to a lot of chaos and things to do. And today, as you hear this, it is evidence that I achieved that goal. Um, This podcast being released is one of the fruits of that labor. And it was indeed labor. But here's the thing about life and business. It ebbs and flows, right? Sometimes we have to work our tushies off and then sometimes we get to sit back and relax. But the key is really being present no matter what the season is and knowing where we need to focus our attention most. Which brings me perfectly to this month's theme and also sharing about today's guest. April's theme is, in She Built This, is simplicity and intention. And I want to share a little bit about what that means to me, because from a simplicity standpoint, this is kind of for me about taking a look at where I'm adding on too much, taking on too much, saying yes to too much. You get the idea. Really making things overcomplicated and thinking that things always need to be hard or maybe making them really confusing for our ideal clients. I'm working on this with She Built This Right Now after a meeting with my business advisor last month and also in my own content writing business now too. And I, it's something that I'm going to be putting in a lot of consistent time and effort uh, through the summer. But I tell you what, sometimes simplifying is harder, right? It is more complicated than making things complicated. But I'm really committed to uh, rolling up my sleeves and just taking steps every day to be working on this. I discovered a tiny little messaging tweak alone that helped me to hone in on my community members better than I was before, which this actually also relates to my conversation on last week's episode with Danielle Gagnon about SEO and really working on speaking to your ideal clients. Before this tweak, I was saying, the pot, uh, she built this, the podcast and community where living your dreams is the new normal. Join us for lots of laughs and learning, yada, yada, yada. Basically, I wanted this to be for everyone and their mother. Entrepreneur is great, but even if you're not, still for you. Now I'm saying... This podcast is for business owners and professionals excited and inspired by success and focused on personal growth. If you are someone taking action toward your dreams, this is for you. It's very slight, uh, still needs work, but it's already more specific than what it was before. And the way that I got to honing in on it a little bit more was just simply asking the members in my community like how they define themselves and the things that consistently kept coming up were that people were excited by success excited by growth inspired by working on 
their their dreams. And so I said, okay, I'm going to start to uh, tighten it up a little bit. Like part of me, of course, I want to appeal to everyone. So I thought that just leaving it a little bit vague was better. I didn't want to leave anybody out. But I need to remember that just as much as we all do, that that is not the key to speaking clearly your message to somebody. You have to speak right to them. Um, In our pricing workshop last month, Kim Dawson gave this really wonderful tip for looking at your clients from maybe, let's say, a year and putting them into three sort of categories. This can help you find your ideal client. Uh, Category number one is you loved working with them. Category number two, it was fine. And category number three, you did not enjoy working with them at all. And you could not stop thinking about when you were going to be done working with them. So this, those three categories will just kind of help you also determine commonalities in what is in that loved working with them category. And you can start to define who that ideal client is for you by looking at the past ones that you've enjoyed working with and people that you have really most definitely wanted to avoid working with. Kristen is going to get into that. Kristen Hardwick is my guest today, and she's going to get into that even more in this episode where she even brings it into the products that we offer and the services that we offer and getting really honest with ourselves to make sure that we're offering things that we really enjoy doing. And like, here's the thing we need to remember at all times that we are the ones creating our businesses. That's why we work for ourselves. And so the other area for me to focus on in simplicity is just resisting this temptation that I'm sure a lot of us feel to do all the things, right? The term FOMO, which I actually have an, a, the inventor of that term coming on my podcast soon. But just because something fits under the umbrella of what you could say yes to, for example, for me, just because something fits under the umbrella of woman entrepreneurship doesn't mean I have to say yes to it. And neither do you. With intention, we don't need to just say yes to the things that pop up. We have to ask ourselves a little bit, like go a little bit deeper and ask ourselves what the purpose of something is first. Am I really taking time to just kind of evaluate whether or not this is even for me? Uh, I'm working on this a little bit also with my spending. I'm calling it my year of intentional spending. And actually, I have this little list started where every time I go to spend money on something and I ask myself this question, and then it changes the answer, it changes the reaction. Basically, I don't purchase the item. Um, I'm keeping track of it so that I can see how much I saved in just like double checking in with myself. So Little examples are like if I'm about to go purchase another book and I just want to click buy, um, I will check to see if my local library has it or if someone else has it and I can borrow it or we can do a book swap. Um, If I'm about to leap into a course or a digital download, I'm asking myself if there's a substitute or a different way to learn the material that that I can do it instead. And secondly, if the answer is no, Uh, am I actually going to commit the time to do this thing? That's the other thing. So do you actually have the time to commit to what you're putting your wallet down for? All right. So speaking of commitments, um, I just want to kind of share what we have going on in April and she built this. Books are actually a piece of the fun this month. And this one I I do think that I have to buy because my local library didn't have it. The book of the month this month, which the book club actually Kristen Hardwick, who is my guest today, and I started together. She runs the book club through Coworking House, and I run the book club through She Built This, and it makes a perfect collaboration. So we all, like with our similar ideal client, we join together and discuss books that we're reading every month. 
And our book of the month for April is Leapfrog, The New Revolution for Women Entrepreneurs by Natalie Molina Nino. And I welcome you to join us in reading it. Uh, you can find all of this. You're going to be able to find all of this information on shebuiltthis.org. But just I just kind of want to share what we have happening in case anything piques your interest. And then you want to go check out that events calendar on the website. Um, I'm going to be doing a local in-person gathering this month at The Root, which is in Temple, New Hampshire. That's on a Friday. Just kind of like an in-person coffee chat, whoever can make it, that kind of thing. We have two Facebook Lives happening, one on uncomplicating our messaging and one about simple simplification in in regards to productivity. And if you don't know, if this is your first time listening and you're kind of like, wow, these things sound fun and exciting. Uh, my name is Emily Aborn and I'm a content writer as well as the owner and founder of She Built This. And basically, She Built This is a community of positive women entrepreneurs who are driven, as I said before, to personal and professional growth. If you want to kind of dip your toes in, find out what's happening, get in on some of these events, you can visit shebuiltthis.org and you will find all of the things. So April, we have a book club, a get together locally if you live in Temple or, or in the Monadnock region in New Hampshire. We're going to be having a strategy session where people get like basically a laser focus on the issues that they're struggling with in their business. And then I'm going to be running at the end of the month in open office hours, which last time I did an open office hours, it was so fun and sent me off into the weekend just feeling so good and everybody else too really, really connected. So I invite you to check out that events calendar at shebuiltthis.org and you're going you're gonna to find something you love, I hope and something that helps you along your journey to growth. I also think you're going to love the podcast lineup for this month. It's all about simplicity and intentionality and just living our lives better. I have Kate Hanley of How to Be a Better Person, uh, Jen Jones. She's going to be talking about intentionality for intropreneurs, and Andrea Sandu, who is really helping us kind of get out of our own way and stop letting procrastination be the reason that we hold ourselves back, amongst many, many other things. But let's focus in on today's guest. Today's guest is Chris. Kristen Hardwick. Kristen describes herself as a serial entrepreneur and full-time go-getter. She's the founder of Crew Personal Assistance, co-working house. She's also the mother to two amazing kids, a minimalist at heart, and always chasing new experiences. Kristen, and I can attest to this as being true, she has often heard saying, oh, I know a guy for that. I think you're going to really enjoy uh, our honest and open chat about entrepreneurship and the quest that we are both on for simplicity, especially when it comes to running multiple businesses and having so many ideas and options. We're going to talk about how quality is more important than quantity, remembering how one hour is more than just one hour and what that actually really looks like and breaks down to, how to break down your tasks so that you can stop recreating the wheel every single time that you go to do something, and getting to the real heart of why you take things on and making decisions by just asking one simple question. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Kristen. Welcome to the She Built This podcast. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so I read your bio before you joined us, but I would love to hear in your own words for people who don't know about you, uh, who you are and what you do. Thank you. I'm Kristen Hardwick. I, at this point, am a serial entrepreneur. I own several businesses and could start several more if there was more hours in the day. Um, I own a co-working space, which is 
my my baby. Um, it's a great little community, and I'm very protective of it, and I'm very proud of it. And then recently, I have started a personal assistant agency. So we have personal assistants that go out into the world and and help our clients uh, do what they're meant to be doing. And when I'm not doing those two things, I am a mom, first and foremost. I have two amazing kids, and they were really the reason I wanted to go out and start my own business so that I can be really present for them. And so when I'm not doing work or, or kids, I just try to, you know, self-care a little bit here and there, health, fitness, all that good stuff. I definitely want to get into a little bit of your um, story, but for those who are local to Milford, New Hampshire, whether like, honestly, you need to drive an hour to see this. Um, I highly recommend a visit to the co-working house. If you're looking for a day to get out of your home office or a day free of distraction. And Kristen has created like the most beautiful co-working environment. It's stunning in there. The decor is like Thank spot you. on. Well, I have to shout out, we have so many local artists that have their artwork in here right now. And that really just gives so much more energy in life. So we are very fortunate to be working with great local artists. Highly recommended. Okay. I want to hear a little bit about your backstory. Like, first of all, and I know um, that you started out in corporate. So kind of like what that transition looked like, but also with the photography studio that you recently had, what that pivot looked like and how you got to that decision. So kind of take us back and then bring us to present day. Okay. So I do not have a college degree, which I used to be really embarrassed about, but I'm just going to lay that out there. And so- Oh, we when need to I, stop this interview then. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so I didn't have a college degree. So when I landed an entry-level position at a corporation, I thought that that was as good as it was going to get. And so I thought, you know, I'm, I'm really motivated. I'm smart. I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. And that was kind of my plan. Uh, and I did work at cor- in corporate for eight years. Um, but then I had babies. And I think a lot of us women know that once you have babies, the pressure to be a mom and and be a really great mom and also be really good at your career just mounts and mounts and mounts. And my job specifically required me to be in the building nine hours and then commute both ways. So I was paying a ton of money for my for my daughter at the time to be in daycare, felt like I was never seeing her and just immediately was like, this is not for me. This is not the way I'm going to spend the next 50 years of my life. So I kind of just decided I wanted to work for myself, but I didn't really have a plan as to how I was going to do that or what that looked like. Um, I had recently bought a key. <laughs> like I was just like, I, I don't know what this looks like, but I can figure it out. Um, I had recently bought a camera. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be a photographer. This seems like the easy thing to do. Big jokes, big jokes there. Um, so I spent the first couple of years of Hannah's life learning how to be a photographer and take really great pictures in that was awesome, but I never really learned how to get clients or how to run a business. Um, so then I had my son Nick, and by the time he was two, you know, I had finally figured out how to be a photographer and run a business. So I was able to to make the big leap and leave corporate America, which at the time felt like, okay, I've, I've won, I've done it, right? Like that was the goal was to leave corporate America and work for myself. But then I very quickly realized that like the work was just starting. And having a baby business and having two small kids, and I just kind of felt like I was drowning and I was trying to do everything for everybody. And professionally, I mean, like I was, I would say mm-hmm. yes to anything you wanted me to photograph, whether it was, you know, a pen, which I have photographed, or a wedding, or newborns, or headshots. Like it was just all over the map. Um, and so, less than a year into that, I was just 
crying to my husband and saying, you know, like I'm working more than I was before. I'm still not seeing the kids. I feel like I just have 10 bosses instead of having one. I can't do this anymore. And so he, you know, kind of talked me through that. And I was like, well, the only way I'm going to do this and not go back to corporate is if I can do it on my terms. I only want to work with these type of people. I only want to do headshots and branding work. And if I can't make it work that way, I'll just go back to corporate. It was easier. And that's kind of where this whole minimalism and business thing started originally was, you know, scaling back and just doing it just that, just what I wanted to do. I was able to be really successful. I was able to have, you know, systems and processes and get much better at the product I was delivering. Um, and then I was able to make a name for myself as a photographer who did branding and headshots. And I was able to stand out from the masses. So it was a win on both sides. And I want to say, like, it feels, you know, I've been there too, where I said yes to doing every single thing for every single person and didn't have a real clear definition of, I don't even like niche because it's it's not like we're niching necessarily in the person. It's like we're niching in the service, you know? Right. And I think that we had to go through that fire to like, A, feel what it feels like to just be like, have your ba- boundaries completely trampled because you <laughs> let, because you let them be trampled, right? They didn't exist. I had zero boundaries. Yeah. But B, to just really hone in on what lights you up and like what you're really good at and what you want to focus on. And and I think you and I have both learned this lesson where like when you invest going uh, deep into something, it's it the impact you can create is so much more than when you're like trying to spread yourself in all of these different directions. So that's we've such both, a great like, yeah, yeah, we've both like really been in sync with this whole entrepreneur. I mean, Chris and I met like, went, but kind of at the same phase in our business and we mm-hmm. both sort of like went through this muck together. So it's been fun to watch us both do this. And like I said, like not niche our product per se, but our service. Right. Okay. Right. But then, but then you recently made the decision that photography wasn't going to be part of the story at all. So I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So photography was my first love and it was the first thing that I could like do to prove to myself that I know how to create money and I couldn't create an income and I could communicate and and sell something to, to the world. Um, but it's also trading dollars for hours. And as my kids get older and I get older and I create more businesses, there's just only so many hours. So I've really had to kind of think about what those hours were going to entail and the best way to use them. Um, about, I don't even know, four years ago, I decided that I wanted to work at a co-working space because my studio, as amazing and beautiful as it was, was empty. And I'm an extrovert and I didn't like doing work by myself. But there was no real co-working spaces around here. So I built one, which is a very oversimplification of that process. But so I built one (laughs) and it was wonderful. And I had a partner and now it's just me. And it's just kind of been like this really amazing learning growth journey. Um, and I, we just have an amazing community here at Coho and Coho, which is the co-working house. It's a building, it's a, it's a finite place, but it's also, you know, a really great community of all these different people that work here or, you know, come to events or, or just interact. Um, so it's become this living, breathing thing beyond me. Whereas photography was just me and me working one-on-one with my clients, which I did love, but co-working house just feels so much bigger than that. And so the two of those, I was kind of running in tandem and that was working. And then again, COVID comes through and just changes everything for so many people. And I was 
left sitting at home during COVID kind of wondering how to survive, how my businesses were going to make it, what I even wanted to do when the world went back to normal and what that might look like. Yeah. Co-working was like the exact opposite of what everyone wanted to be doing. You needed to actually open like a social distancing house and you would have been golden. (laughs) So co-working, the COVID was good for co-working industry in general, which it's, it's kind of hard to, to look back and say that, but I know so many people lost their lives and it was very catastrophic for so many people. For us in the industry, it, it worked well because so many companies sent their employees to work from home and then realized how cost effective that was and didn't bring them back into the office. So we are booming. It's great. We're wonderful. But when I was at home thinking about that and and just watching all of the women in my life struggle with remote schooling, with the weight of a pandemic, with all of the things that we are now being asked to do on top of keeping our careers alive, things like cleaning the bathroom didn't really seem like a priority or, you know, Managing the contractors that come in every spring to to get your yard ready. Just all of the millions of things that women do to make their house run, their their offices run, their their kids' sports lives run. All these hats that we wear just felt 10 times harder. But none of us felt like we needed a full-time personal assistant. We all just needed a little bit of help. And this idea came from, you know, sitting around at Coho actually talking with some other female business owners about how we all would love like if we could share a personal assistant. And so me being the way that my brain works, I thought about that for days. I was like, well, we share office space. There must be a way to share a personal assistant. We have to be able to figure that out. And so that's, you know, where I started trying to figure out how to do that and was able to launch crew personal assistants, which is that model. It's sharing personal assistants, um, which has been working really wonderfully. Back to your original question about why I've pivoted away from photography, the answer is really truly, there's only so many hours in a day. I can only give my energy and attention to grow and take care of so many things in a day. And of the three businesses that I was running, photography was the one that was just not, you know, not what I wanted to be doing as much anymore. Yeah. And I could see you utilizing it, you know, in ways that maybe are more enjoyable and fun and not necessarily in a business realm. So it's not, the art has not gone away. It is just not a business focus anymore. Correct. And I think that that's something that we, especially in our culture today, which we can talk at length about today or, or later, but there's so much pressure to monetize every single thing that we enjoy doing. Everything that we do needs to be monetized to be valuable or, you know, we have to be productive at every second of every moment or, or our worth is not there. Um, so for me to kind of just say like, no, I'm, yeah, I I kept all my camera here, guys. I still do photography, but I'm not relying on it for my income and I'm not actively marketing it. It's okay. It's so true and it's so ingrained in me and it's something I'm working on, but like my husband loves making sourdough bread and I've even been like, oh my God, we should sell this. It's like, nope, you shouldn't sell it. You should just make it because you enjoy making it and maybe give it to your sister-in-law or your family. (laughs) Yes. It's hard for them. I think like our culture right now specifically just thinks that, you know, because you can monetize anything, that you should monetize everything and that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Great point. Um, Okay. What is, so apart from that pet peeve, uh, what would you say is like your biggest pet peeve or like what's bothering you the most right now in the entrepreneurial space? I mean, I have like six soapboxes, but I will not get on any of them. I will give any one of them to you today. (laughs) 
so, so kind of you. I'm trying to think what my actual pet peeve is. And I think it's just this whole pressure to jump into doing the next thing, whether that's that's reels or TikTok or it's mm. it's it's the text marketing. All of mine are marketing based apparently. All of my irritation. Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Just jumping on all these things because it's the new thing without pausing to think about is that right for my business? Is that right for my audience? Is that right for me as a human being? You know, like there's there's a million different ways that you can market yourself right now. Um but you shouldn't be doing all of them. And the pressure and the feeling of FOMO is just something that I get really frustrated with. Same. And and honestly, I do not believe that we need to show up in all of the ways. Like I'm, yeah. I love that concept. Like we really, truly do not need to do all the things. <laughs> and, the, and like, look at Clubhouse now, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure TikTok is not going to be this kind of case, but like, I don't hear anybody talking about it ever. And it was like, all the rage. <laughs> it was such a big thing. And I remember, oh, this is another soapbox, expecting people to be available 24-7, yeah. which was actually my problem with Clubhouse. Like I cannot be live at 5 p.m. at night because I have to feed my children. You know, like, and I just felt like any app that requires me to be live and available to participate as opposed to like it fitting in around my other priorities was not the app for me. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, okay, let's shift into minimalism, which is kind of where we've been, you know, we've been sort of pulling at these threads. But talk to me about what minimalism like really means to you and what helped you kind of discover, oh, that's the philosophy I've sort of been living this whole time without even knowing it. Yeah, I think that a lot of people find minimalism because they're just as a reaction to to the extreme on the other side. So minimalism is defined by extreme simplicity or sparseness in in design and in, in home design and furnishings. Um, but I really love it in terms of my calendar and what I allow in my life. So I look at minimalism as a lifestyle, not just a way of doing business, but the principles of doing less quality over quantity and just really asking what is the purpose of this applies to everything in my personal life and my professional life. So let's talk about how we can apply it for ourselves. Like what are some things that you recommend to people, small steps we can take, little ways here and there to be more minimalistic on the day-to-day? -day. The calendar is a big one. The calendar is always going to be my first my first recommendation. Um, one of the principles, if you look at minimalism in your home, is to make sure that you give everything a place. Like you can have as many possessions as you can take care of as long as they have a place. I like to look at every human being's calendar the same way. You can sign up for as many meetings as you want. You can take on as many projects as you want, as long as there is a place in your calendar to do that work without sacrificing other obligations that you said yes to or your own self-care. And also, I think we should highlight, because I think you and I would both agree on this, uh, showing up with what you committed to show up with, you know, like if you're dropping yes. balls on deadlines or not following through on things because you are overcommitted, that's great. I'm glad the spot was in your calendar, but it shouldn't have been. <laughs> well, and to further that, it's not like, and this has been like, I'm just speaking from personal experience, not just, oh yeah, I have the hour to do that meeting. It's do I have the hour to do the meeting and the 20 minutes to drive there and the hour beforehand to prep? And then the follow-up, you know, and like follow maybe, and knowing, yeah. yeah. And that just comes with experience, right? Like I think 25-year-old me did not realize that I should not book four back-to-back -back meetings, but now, now I do. 
a lot of people for I'll use this podcast as an example. Um, like for my guest, I mean, it's probably two hours per person because I'm prepping questions and doing the correspondence of the back and forth and the scheduling and then following up and sending a thank you card. Like it's all the things, right? Writing them a LinkedIn recommendation. So yeah. I think we do need to think about and maybe even taking it so granularly, like taking your task, listing out all of the subtasks. And then being like, oh, wow, nope, I don't have time for that meeting because it's going to cost me actually three hours, even though I'm putting one hour in my calendar. And so what you're describing is actually one of the things that has absolutely changed my life in the past, I don't know, year and a half, two years since COVID happened. COVID gave me the time to pause and slow down enough to create standard operating procedures, SOPs, for most of the tasks that I do in my life and my businesses. So what you just described, breaking down your task into all of these little steps, for me, as a minimalist, I like to have those already crafted somewhere so that I can just work off a list and I'm not wasting brain power trying to figure out, okay, I just had this amazing meeting with Emily, rush off to the next thing and then forget to send a follow-up, forget to you know pencil in this thing that I said I would do for you. So having those procedures for most of the things I do has been so helpful in freeing me up to be creative and, and thoughtful in other ways. Yeah. And you're, you're not recreating the wheel every single time you do something, you know, like so many of our tasks are very repetitive and we're like, wait, how did I, how do I do this again? Every month I hit this roadblock. <laughs> it's like, well, you wouldn't hit the roadblock if you just wrote down the roadblock last month. <laughs> every, every month I sit down to do, um, like I, I love to batch tasks. It's just the way that my brain works best. I sat down every month. I sit down to do all of the events for the co-working space. And every month I'm like, wait, there's so many steps involved, but it's officially like I can just go through and, and duplicate and recreate the wheel. So that's that's helpful. Well, I'm glad we're having this conversation because that's one that I do at the end of every month as well, that I need to focus on uh, cre like creating those SOPs for certain things. Like the events are always going to be the same. The peer groups are always going to be the same. So like, what are those steps, you know? And, and I need to do the same thing because when you're texting me saying, um, are we still on for the book club for the end of the month? I'm like, what day is it again? What time is it at again? You yeah. know, and that's not okay. It's really not because it, it wastes your time and it also wastes mine. So, all right. What, what are some other small steps outside of the calendar? Um, always asking, what is the purpose of this? That one question, if you apply it to your social media scrolling, if you apply it to mm the stack of coffee mugs in your house that's always falling over. If you apply it to sending your newsletter or the meeting that you just said yes to for coffee, every single thing, if you just apply that one question, you can kind of evaluate, is it worth it to do it, to keep it, whether it's a physical item or a task, or can I delegate it or does it not need to happen at all? It's funny, you and the podcast episode I interviewed right before you about burnout are asking the same question. <laughs> what is the purpose of this? Can yes. I give it can can I give it to somebody else? Uh if it needs to be done, does it need to be done by me, essentially? Oh, I have I have a great resource I can share. Um it's something that we send out to our crew assistant clients. Um, all of our assistants have it too. It's basically, it's called the Eisenhower matrix. Have you heard of it before? No, but I love the sounds of this. Okay. So basically when you take your to-do list, you look at things that are, this is hard to explain verbally, but on paper it makes sense. Things that are very urgent and very important. Those are for you to do. Things that are very urgent, but not important. Those you delegate to your assistant or to somebody else, your husband, 
a colleague. It doesn't have to be your brain power. Things that are important but not urgent, so they need to be done by you but not right now, get scheduled into your calendar. And things that are not important and not urgent, nobody needs to do. Get them off your to-do list. Take them off. <laughs> They're dead to you. <laughs> That's minimalistic tip number three. Take it off. Just eliminate. Don't. Yeah, exactly. Eliminate. Um, but no, but really, what is an what is one more uh, tip that you would have or offer? The other, in regards to business specifically, only sell products or services that you love. Mm-hmm. So back to you know minimalistic minimalist principles in the home and with possessions. Everything has to have a purpose or bring you joy. What are you doing in business that does not bring you joy and does not have a real purpose? Most of us are offering too many things to too many people trying to be everywhere because we feel like we're supposed to be and then we're burnt out and then we can't do the thing that we really love to do that would be wildly successful. So my third tip is always to scale back and only sell products and services that you love. And let me ask you this. Why do you think we feel like we're supposed to do that? Like, why do you think we feel we're supposed to be everything to every single person? Because we have more images and messages coming at us every single day than ever before telling us that this person's doing this and this person's doing this. 30 years ago, we could just do the thing that we wanted to do and focus on our immediate circle. And now our immediate circle is the entire globe. Um, And I love this question for combating that, which is like, okay, is that actually a person? A, is that a person I really am comparing myself to? Like, honestly, do I want their life? B, is that person even someone in my audience? Like, will they ever pay to work with me? Does their opinion even matter? And I think that's all I got is A and B. (laughs) But but starting with those questions, like, um, is that even something I want at all? Because when you really stop and look at that, the answer is usually no. We are in the middle of like tiptoeing, tiptoeing towards my my daughter getting a phone and social media tiptoeing. Very close. Like, so we are just having this conversation over and over and over in my house that what you see on the internet is not always true. It's not necessarily a lie, but it's probably not the whole truth. And so I like to remind myself of that over and over as well. When I'm when I'm comparing myself or feeling like I'm supposed to do this because some other co-working space owner did it or you know some other photographer is offering this or whatever the thing might be, um, just knowing that what you see is not always the whole truth. Yeah, exactly. It's a sliver of somebody's – it's exactly what they chose. They want you to see as the truth about who they are. So, really. Which is fine. And, and we all get to do that. That's the joy of social media. But just knowing that that's what it is and not assuming that it's the whole truth. Yeah. So how do you, what do you think the biggest impact for your own life has been since you really decided to ask what the purpose of things are and to live more minimalistically? My peace, my sanity. I think that I as, I as a person am anxious in general, um, but I've become much calmer and much more comfortable and much more at peace doing the work that I want to do and not worrying about the 800 other options that I could be chasing right now. I really, I just want you to know, like as an outsider, uh, that transformation has been very apparent. Like you always strike me as like the most laid back person, (laughs) but I don't think you were always that way. Like, you know, you definitely had a high, high stress, like you still are very high energy, but you had like a higher stress energy to you. And now it is so much more like, 
go with the flow, which is amazing. Thank you. It's funny. My One of my good friends was like, you've always operated at like a low level of stress, but now it's like taken down a notch. I'm like, that's not a compliment, but thank you. Um, okay. What are you, what goals are you working on right now? Are you, are you okay to share some with us? And, and maybe even talking about like how you approach goal setting, because there's another trap we can get into. How do you approach that with a more minimalistic attitude? Yeah. Goal setting for me is, is the trap. That's always the trap. Um, as a middle child, who's an Enneagram three, I would like to be amazing at everything. And I want everyone to know that I'm amazing. And so just knowing that self-awareness has really helped, um, as I, as I grow, uh, goals right now for me, I'm working on, um, here at, at co-working house, we, we just have, uh, traffic goals and revenue goals because we're actually almost pretty full. So I can't really rent out that much more. Um, and then, Crew assistance is still so new that we are, all of our goals there are based around onboarding new assistants and getting them trained up really well. That's kind of our our secret sauce is that you can hire us, hire an assistant through us, and we handle all of the back end and the training. So just putting, putting together the most comprehensive training and making sure that the girls are trained as well as possible. I'm actually not focusing on marketing or sales for that business at all right now because we have a waiting list for clients. Um, I think that having amazing assistants that can go out into the world and help our clients like do less and, and, and take stuff off their plate is going to be the game changer there. Um, and then personally, I picked one fitness goal for the whole year that was based around just getting on my bike more and, and just chasing miles, whether they're on my stationary bike, whether they're on my road bike, whether they're on my mountain bike, I just want to be outside or, you know moving my legs. So I chose not to sign up for any big races this year. I haven't signed up for any triathlons. I haven't signed up for any new crazy adventure that I haven't done before. I'm really just taking this year to focus on the business and, um, and getting some miles. I love that. And I think sometimes those small, you know, like it may feel like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I didn't put any major races or anything on my calendar, but those small steps every single day, or in your case, pedals mm-hmm. every single day, they add up into big, big miles, maybe even more than you would have done mm-hmm. if you were prepping for a race. So we, I know you and I talk about books all the time. Um, I'm just finishing up Atomic Habits by yes, James Clear. James Clear, Thank you so much. Um, and he talks about how, you know, not training for the race, but, but creating the habit so that you can do a race at any point and just being in, in that mindset. So that's really something I'm embracing this year as opposed to chasing those bigger goals. Okay. Let's, this brings me straight to the quick wrap up questions. What book are you reading right now? Did you, did you finish Atomic Habits? I have mm, 40 minutes left. I'm listening to it while I'm, while I'm working. Um, so I'm finishing that up right now. Um, yeah. And then you're reading Think Again, I think, right? Think Again by Adam Grant. You're going to love yes. that. Um, okay. What is the last thing that you laughed at? Probably my kids. I have this, like, I have two very silly kids, but my son specifically is just hilarious and a jokester. (laughs) Kids say the darndest things as they say. Um, okay. What is your favorite chore and your least favorite chore? So funny. Um, least favorite chore is laundry. I look forward to delegating that out. Um, I don't have a favorite chore. I love when my floors are clean. I will vacuum like that. If the house is chaotic and I'm feeling stressed, I will vacuum because clean floors make me feel like my life is put back together a little bit. Um, I do want to say 
that we hire a housekeeper. And it took me a really long time to, to do that and to be okay with that. Um, but I'm just here to say it's life-changing and I will give up a lot of things before I give that up. And she's wonderful. And please to all the women listening, you were worth the help. Hire somebody. What is, I wish I had something good to say to that. Sorry. I'm like, I want that. And it's on my list of goals. <laughs> you won't worry about it. And, and the money to pay for it always shows up. Just like, trust me. Um, what is the thing that makes you weird? Hmm. I thought about this before the interview and I was trying to come up with something like really clever. I don't know. I, I'm super awkward in real life. I, I mean, probably will not talk to you, but like I'm the girl that talks too much. I'm so excited to meet everybody. I'm like a Labrador. And then I'm like, wait, should I come on too strong? Pull it back in. And then I'm just, I'm awkward. It's fine. You know what? I think that the weirdness, th the weird things that we have are like our superpowers and strengths. So that sounds like a major strength to me because I wait for people to come to me to talk to me. And then I'm like, okay, now I'll pummel you with conversation. But this is how we became friends. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. What is a thing that makes you super normal? Or I, as the kids say these days, relatable. <laughs> relatable. Um, I hate the term basic, but I'm just a middle-aged mom trying to run some businesses and you know oh like I I over the top love watching my kids play sports which I used to roll my eyes at people that were like that and now I just I'm a super soccer mom so baseball mom like I just love it so much so that's yeah. fun um okay and good for you for being out there and like I know sports and you have to be out there and like no matter the weather conditions oh. so I give you all the props <laughs> that would not be me I'd be like children we are not doing sports we are going to do arts and crafts infinitum <laughs> um okay do you have a favorite book or resource that you want to share with us on minimalism uh, so both of the resources that I always recommend to our clients are um, following the LA Minimalist on Instagram. Um, and I can send that to you. And then she just talks a lot about how the rules are fake and you don't have to do everything that everyone tells you to do. You get to pick and choose and, and really choose like what you want your life to look like, which I, that just resonates with me over and over. Um, and then on a very practical point, The Lazy Genius Way is a book by Kendra Adachi and it's step-by-step -step instructions on how to make every area of your life simpler, more minimalistic without glossing over the fact that life is hard and you do have to do things that you don't want to do sometimes and the dishes still have to get done and, and all that. So I think that those two have really just been wonderful for me and our resources that I go back to time and again. Awesome. And I definitely want to add the lazy, I think it's on my list, but I definitely want to read that soon because it sounds right up my alley. Her, her podcast <laughs> is great too. So if you're more of a podcast person, the lazy genius way. Thank you. Okay. And tell people how they can find and connect with you online. Yeah, absolutely. If you are looking for some help in your day-to-day -day life and you are local to the New Hampshire area, crewpersonalassistance.com is the website. Um, we are still taking on new clients. Um, CohoNH.com is the website for our co-working space. So if you need to get out of your house and kind of separate your life, you know, your personal and your your business life a little bit more, that's where you can find us. And then I am at the Kristen Hardwick on Instagram. She is the Kristen Hardwick, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> all right. I'll make sure all those are in the show notes. And thank you so much. This was really fun. Thank you for having me. This was great. 
To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.